music makes me nervous, I don't know, to speak in front of you. Um, I don't know why, but um, it does just make me a little bit nervous. Um, well, it is good to be with you, and, and last week I, we were snowed out in person, but um, I shared a message from my farm. I did a horrible job with the camera, and the sound is, I think, improved by AI, so artificial intelligence helped the sound on that one. Um, but it was a, a message on, on grief and mourning, and uh, you know, I would encourage you, if you're going through a season of mourning or even um, what, what I call pre-mourning, um, I'm in an interesting um, time in my life where my parents are getting a bit older, and um, my dad isn't, isn't doing the greatest, and he's going through a lot, and and I'm thousands of miles away, and so um, when I talk to him, it seems like there's you know, big differences in his health, and it's hard. Um, it's hard to be far away, it's hard to watch him go through this and to be here, and um, so for me, I feel like I'm in almost a pre-morning of my 84-year-old dad, and uh, watching him decline in his health is just, it's heartbreaking, and um, so, so that's where the message came from, was this kind of, I didn't share all that, I don't know why I even just shared that with you now, um, but I just feel like if you're going through that season of mourning, or you haven't mourned someone that you lost long ago, or you're like me in this kind of pre-mourning, the anticipation of, I would encourage you to, to watch it. It's, again, the video quality isn't great, and uh, the sound isn't great, but... But what's in it, if you dig deep enough, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff in there. Um, so, but this morning, uh, a different message. Um, what does it mean to be people marked by presence? What does it look like to be people marked by the presence of God? What would it look like if we were people that hosted the presence of God, carried the presence of God? You know, we are marked by presence of people in our lives. We, we spend times with our loved ones, our friends, people in community at church, and we are marked by their presence. The people that we sit around a table with, we are marked by their presence. Whether we spend time around a table joking around or laughing or crying or sharing stories or sharing you know, testimonies of what God is doing, when we sit around a table with people and we enjoy their presence, we are marked by those people. I remember a long time ago, my, my dad said to me um, when I was a teenager, and this is a, a, good, uh, this is a good lesson for, for young people, and my dad said to me when I was 16 years old and I was, you know, not walking with the Lord and I wandered far from God, he, he looked at me one day and, and it was like a message that cut through all of the distraction in my life. And he said, Joel, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. In other words, the people that we spend time with mark us. The people we spend time with lead us and direct us. So this morning I wanna talk about people marked by presence. God's presence throughout the Bible is one of the core themes of the Bible. 
Um, we begin, obviously, in the Garden of Eden, which Adam and Eve enjoyed the sweet presence of God. It says that they would walk in the cool of the day with God. Um, obviously, that was fractured and broken with the fall of man and man entering into sin and entering into darkness. There was a separation created. And then we read in the, in the Old Testament throughout Exodus how God would, would, would be with the people, but he would be located in the tabernacle. That is called the tabernacling presence of God. And the tabernacle was a tent that the Israelites would move about throughout the wilderness. And where that tabernacle was set up, the presence of God was. But the presence of God was not for all the people. Only the priests could enter. And we'll get to that in a moment. Then the presence of God moved into the temple, a permanent structure like we're in here today. And it says that the presence of God hovered over the Ark of the Covenant in this cloud of fire, this cloud of glory between the cherubim, God's presence would dwell. We fast forward to the New Testament and for the first time we have the incarnation of God, the breaking into humanity of God in human flesh. Jesus would be born and God would live among us. Then Jesus ascends to heaven and he encourages us, you won't be alone because I am leaving someone for you, the Holy Spirit. And wait for this promise, wait for the Holy Spirit. And, and then we come to this promise that the Holy Spirit would live inside of us. The presence of God, the same presence that walked with you know, Adam and Eve, the same presence in the tabernacle, the same presence in the temple, the same presence in Jesus Christ in bodily form, the same presence in the theophanies throughout the Old Testament, the burning bush, the cloud, the fire, that presence of God. Jesus says to us, my promise for you is that you would receive the Holy Spirit. The presence of God would be in you. And the way I see this is there's just something different about God's omnipresence. He's everywhere at the same time in creation and God's intimate presence. The picture I can give you this morning and I'll encourage the camera people to follow me, is right now I'm distant from you. You're like, yeah, we're good. That's the way we like it. But, but if I was to, you know, walk down, and instead of talking at you, instead of talking at you, and I'm sorry, camera people, I would, I would sit, I would sit with Deanna. I would say, how's it going, Deanna? How's life? I want to share with you my heart. I want to tell you what I'm going through with my dad. It's hard. And she might share with me what she's going through. And, and we would have this intimate face-to-face -face connection, this time together. And at this moment, Deanna might find super awkward. But in other settings, it might be quite beautiful. 
And if I, if I walked throughout this room and, I, and I, I, I touched you and we hugged and we talked and we had connection with each other, it's quite different, isn't it? Well, this morning I want to talk about how God's presence, which was once, you know, far off through the tabernacle, moved to a place where it was around a table. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. As this morning, we want to set our sights on becoming a people marked by presence with God and with each other. Exodus chapter 25, the people of God have left Egypt. They are wandering throughout the wilderness and they set up a tabernacle, which is a temporary tent, a structure, a place to be with God. And in verse 25, we, we read about one of the furnishings, one of the pieces of furniture in the tabernacle. The Lord says, you shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length. A cubit its breadth and a cubit and a half its height. A cubit, I think, is about 18 inches. I think technically it's from the tip of the, the middle finger to the elbow. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make a rim around its handbreadth wide and a molding of gold around the rim. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and fasten the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame, the rings shall lie as holders for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And the table shall be carried with, with these. And you shall make its plates and dishes for incense. And its flagons and bowls with which to pour drink offerings. And you shall make them of pure gold. And get this. You shall set the bread of the presence on the table before me regularly. God is speaking specifically to the priests. This is not to everyone. This is to the priests. He's, he's saying to the Levites, you should set this bread before me regularly. The word regularly is the word continuously. They would bake 12 loaves of bread, one for each of the tribes, and they would set it before the Lord every day. And they would eat this bread but the bread of the presence was only for the priests. They would be the only ones that could enjoy it. And the word for presence here is the word for face. That what God is saying to the priests, the ministers, he would say, come before me regularly. Come before me continuously. I want you to burn incense. That's prayer and worship. I want you to fill up these cups and I want you to bake this bread. And I want to have face-to-face -face communion with you daily. But this was only reserved for the priests. The people would be outside of the holy place. The table of presence was exclusive. The table of presence was only reserved for those in the highest 
ministry positions. That's the tabernacling presence. My conviction as a leader, my conviction as a pastor is I better get before God every day. I better get before God every day and I better spend time in his presence because what I give out comes from that place. I run out of bread really quickly on my own. So I I come to the Lord daily to be in his presence, to spend time with him, long enough to receive from him that I can stand before you and, and give you fresh bread. It grieves me to see leaders hand out stale bread on Sunday mornings. Stale bread used to be good bread. Baked fresh. Right from the presence. Something happens along the way in leadership. Something happens along the way in ministry. Something happens along the way in all of our jobs and all of our vocations. We just get really good at doing it. And if we're not careful, the really good at doing it actually prevents us from going into the presence for fresh bread. And the only thing good stale, stale bread is good for is French onion soup and feeding ducks. Anyone make French onion soup here? Oh, you are my people. I don't make it, but I love it. Um, please, just fill out a connection card and write down your name, your information. I would love to just chat with you and get to know you a little bit over this invitation you just offered me to have French onion soup in your kitchen. This table of presence is his presence at the table. He said, priests, come, connect with me. Next, his presence is in every season. Here we have David talking about a table. In one of the most well-known psalms of all time, Psalm 23, many of us can quote it, but I'm just going to highlight a couple verses in the middle of Psalm 23. We sang it in our song this morning already. You prepare a table before me, David says. Who's preparing the table? God. Here we have a shift. A shift from a table prepared by priests to a table prepared by God. You prepare a table before me in the presence 
of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. The Lord will prepare a table for us in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my circumstance, in the presence of my sickness, in the presence of my loneliness, in the presence of discouragement, in the presence of anxiety, in the presence of fear, in the presence of whatever enemy it is that you face, the Lord comes and he prepares a table. But Lord, this is not a time to eat, Lord. (laughs) I'm working really hard to fight against this enemy. And the Lord comes in and he says, Joel, just be still. Just be still and know that I am God. Be still and sit at the table. But, but Lord, I got to fight harder. I got I to gotta go here and I got to go there and I got to talk to this person. Just sit in the presence of your enemies. And then the Lord does, does this. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup overflows. This is the beginning of an Italian dinner, clearly. <laughs> All David needs is a, a little vinegar and a full of fresh bread, and he'll be dipping and eating and having the wine. But this anointing with oil is very powerful. You see, shepherds would anoint their sheep with oil over their faces over their nose. It would keep flies away. It would keep pestilence away. It would protect them. Whatever flies, whatever enemies are coming against you, the Lord says, just sit a little while at my table that I've prepared for you. Now, I I, I saw this A couple years ago, actually, where the Lord was really showing me that during worship, he prepares a table for us. He was showing me that, Joel, no matter what you're going on in your life, you can come to me and I will prepare a table for you. And your cup will overflow. And my goodness and my mercy will be on the table for you to enjoy and to eat. And then just this past week, you know what hit me? Is this table in the presence of my enemies is not just for me. It's for my enemy. That I would invite those that are different, those that I dare say even are enemies to me, to sit at the table. When we spend time with God, I don't forget about all the issues in my life. Those are in my heart and in my mind at that table. We can't deny the existence of a problem. 
But when I spend time with God at the table, I get his perspective. I find rest. I find goodness and mercy. The word mercy is the word hesed. Hesed is unfailing, loyal love. When I sit at the table, I don't forget about my issues. I can't ignore them. I can't deny them. I can try. (laughs) But I can find his unfailing, loyal love. Rest. God's table is like a holy pause in the middle of my problem. It's a moment to pause with the Lord, to feast in the middle of a fight. I play a game with my son Joshua in my house. It's a really fun game. It's, it's kind of called, hey daddy, will you attack me? <laughs> and um, what this involves is me chasing him throughout the house. I recognize I probably should have titled that differently um, at this moment. But it's kind of, daddy, will you chase me? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'll chase you. And he realized pretty quick that I was too fast for him. And so then we came up with a new rule. At any moment while I'm chasing him, he can pause me. At any moment. Now you can imagine the times when I get frozen. Doesn't matter. I'm chasing him up the stairs, pause. That's a funny, humorous story, but I feel like sometimes God wants us to just pause, to sit with him, to hear what he's saying. Sometimes in my, in my pauses with the Lord, it's, it's simply a reminder of his goodness in my life. Thanking him for his mercy in my life thanking him for what he has done in my life. My prayer is that we would be people marked by his presence. We're gonna turn to the New Testament in Matthew chapter nine as we look at two tables. This is the calling of Matthew. Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus, his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he, Jesus, heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those that are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, 
but the sinner. Oh, what a beautiful picture this is. Jesus is walking along the road and he sees Matthew sitting in the tax booth. He sees Matthew sitting at a table for one. The tax collectors were the worst. Why? Because they took the taxes of the Jewish people and they gave them to the Romans. Tax season was not a happy season for the people. No one liked tax collectors, especially the Pharisees. The Pharisees considered tax collectors unclean. So this table for one, where they would just take people's money all day, every day. I mean, can you imagine what this is like? Being a lawyer. It was a joke. All right, a little sensitive. That's like Savon. That's like Savon. That's like anywhere. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So Matthew was sitting at this table for one, and all day he would just tax people and they'd pay him different taxes, road taxes, property, food, all these taxes. Jesus comes along and he sees this marginalized, this enemy, this unclean one. You can imagine a rabbi walking, sees this unclean one, and he says, follow me. The very next scene, we have Jesus sitting at a table. And at this table is a bunch of Matthews, a bunch of sinners. At this table is you and I. Jesus will call us from a table of one to a table for a few, to have fellowship with him. The Pharisees had 229 rules about table fellowship. It doesn't say Jesus reclined at a table. It says Jesus reclined at table. The reason it says he reclined at table is because table was table fellowship. It was a place reserved for the Jewish people alone. It was a place that the Pharisees had, again, 220-something rules about how you could have table fellowship, who was invited, what would happen there. They would discuss the, the things of the day, the, the situations of the day, religious law. They would discuss, but it was exclusive. Jesus says this exclusive table is now gonna be inclusive. Jesus shows us what it means to be hospitable. And he says at the end of this passage, to be hospitable for me is I came for the sick. The sick need a doctor. And Jesus says, my hospitality is for the sick. Let me say that slowly. My hospitality, my hospital, 
My table is for the sick. Being hospitable is that you would make your table a place like a hospital. That the disconnected, the marginalized, those that the society doesn't want to be at their table would be at our table. That the table this morning, this very table where we will share the body and blood of Jesus Christ, is this an exclusive table? No, this is an inclusive table. Because it is at this table that Jesus Christ died for humanity. It says, for God so loved the world. Oh, I thought it said Christians. No, God so loved the world. That's a big table. Jesus says, my bread is for all. And I will close with this. My bread is for all. In John chapter 6, verse 33 to 35, again, we're moving from this exclusive table in Exodus in the tabernacle to an inclusive table for all. Jesus says in John chapter 6, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In other words, he's saying table fellowship. The place at my table is for all because I am the bread of life. It wouldn't just be for the priest that would set down loaves before the Lord and enjoy that bread. This isn't just for the Jew. Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. And those that would sit with me and those that would enjoy fellowship with me and those that enjoy communion with me, guess what? These people will be marked. They'll be marked by the presence They'll be marked by the nourishment that I give. They will not hunger. They will not thirst. I'm reminded back to David, Psalm 23. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. In the presence of our enemies, our souls can be saturated in his presence. My prayer this morning for us during communion, and I'll invite the worship team to come up, and, and Pastor Rose is going to lead us in communion. My hope and prayer for you this morning is, is that we would learn new truths, but experience and encounter God's presence together. That as we come to the table, this table for all, you might experience God's presence and have a time of sweet fellowship with him and fellowship with each other. Let's pray. What a good father you are, Lord to send your son to redefine what it would look like to spend time in your presence at your table. I pray this morning that we would recline, we would rest, 
We'd rest from the fight. We'd rest with you. We would lean back to rest in your presence and to enjoy sweet fellowship with you. I pray even now that your tangible Holy Spirit presence would be felt here, experienced here, sensed here, known here, and for those watching online, that your Holy Spirit presence would be felt and sensed and known and experienced. I pray in Jesus' name.